Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. Max Verstappen wins the Formula One Belgian Grand Prix uh, over his teammate, Checo Perez. Checo had a good day, though. He needed it. And this John Massengill mm-hmm. sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas with Jonathan Green. We have Mr. Bob Varsha uh, from London. Very exciting to have him over there. from Jolly old. Randy London. And Chris Medlin, who is at Spa. And Chris, unless you got somebody else lined up, you want to introduce your uh, interview you did with Ferrari boss Frederick Vasseur? Yeah, I was uh, I was very forceful actually with Fred, and uh, and went and waited at the Ferrari garage exit because of course he had to go and celebrate a podium. So I was waiting for him to reappear <laughs> from the pit lane with all the uh, confetti and ticker tape landing around us. And uh, yeah, he was uh, kind of I guess a bittersweet day for Ferrari, wasn't it? If we think about the result of the two drivers, so that's that's where we started. One podium, one DNF, kind of a, a race of two sides of the garage. Let's go with the positive part. I mean, that looked like a, a faultless run to third place for Charles. Yeah, that uh, I think the race was quite uh, straightforward for us, that we had a good start uh, from ball position. The pace was OK. We had a good strategy, good pit stop, and, uh, and probably the best pace of the season. That it's, uh, it's a very clean weekend from uh, on the Charles side. Uh, a bit more difficult as Carlos with the contact on the first lap. We try to survive until a potential red flag to be able to fix it. But it was the uh, after the show where we said that it makes no sense to continue like this. Yeah, if, well, if we focus on that contact, what did you make of that first lap incident? It's, uh, there were three or four side by side, turn one, and uh, he had a contact, I think, with Piastri. For me, it's a racing incident, and it's not, uh, but uh, it's a shame. But uh, uh, for Carlos, he has to turn the page and to be focused on the next one. That uh, we'll have two two weekends in a row after the after the break and uh, the occasion to score good points. That uh, the most important for for the team is to come back into the pace and uh, to be there and uh, with a very strong weekend from everybody. Yeah, it seems like Ferrari's been a bit up and down at different times this year. Sometimes the pace has been very encouraging, sometimes not quite there. What do you put that down to? And did it kind of surprise you this weekend to be the second quickest team? You, you could say exactly the same from uh, from McLaren, that last weekend they were P2 and this weekend they were struggling on the uh, wheel slicks. I think it's so tight in the group that uh, for 
depending of the characteristic of the car, of the track, of the weather, of the tire choice and so, you can move from P2 to P7, that it's, it is like it is. It will stay like this until the end of the season and we have to stop to say that one car is in a much better form than another one, that we just have to be focused on ourselves to do the job and uh, we will get the result that we are expecting. And you mentioned the break now, a few weeks off before we go to Zambot and Monza. How do you reflect on the first half of the season and your first half year with Ferrari? Yeah, it was a bit up and down, but, uh, but uh, overall, I think the team has a good reaction that we are pushing and uh, the mood is positive and I think it's, uh, it, it's good to have this kind of reaction and motivation into the team when we are struggling. Thank you, Fred. I want the Fred Vasseur podcast because it would just relax me and put me in a zen yeah, space. Yeah. <laughs> listening I know what you're saying. I was going to say, for a, for a positive weekend, he sounded pretty downbeat, I thought. Well, he, well yeah, just, he's we, always we, so, you know, zen. Yeah, I thought it Cautious. was. I thought it was uh, telling that he said that that was Ferrari's best performance. Um, so, says a lot, but uh, but also, oh, I, I, I do think that, that the ship has been righted. We've said it before, but Vassar's the guy is the right guy at, at this moment for Ferrari. I think he's well, been he's one of those. Sorry, I was going to say he's one of those that uh, that doesn't get too high, does he, when it's a good result? Doesn't no. get too low when it's a bad one. Yeah, uh, which, which, is which again is yeah probably exactly what's needed uh, for that team at the moment. Wonder what that feels yeah. like. <laughs> well, he certainly doesn't want to say anything that would get to a the other teams in the pit lane and be bulletin board material, or b get into the Italian media and draw right. scrutiny to Fred said this. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Skill when you're running Ferrari. Chris, give us a give us an update from Spa. What's happening? Uh right now, uh Landon Norris is on a phone posting for photos, and I'm gonna see if as we head down the paddock whether I can grab him once he's done his uh little press release hit, I believe it is, or a message to fans. So we'll see what we can grab of that because it's it was carnage. I even I nearly got knocked over trying to get in front of him. So yeah, it's quite quite a lot of fun trying to fight through people. So uh I'm now if you can't tell, I'm absolutely filling. Because he's still talking. <laughs> 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 got, to, got to time this right to see if uh, we can make doing it. Doing a heck of a job. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a pro, aren't I? I'm telling you exactly what I'm doing. Here we go. Lando, P7, better than you expected today? Because at times that looked really tough. Uh, a lot better than I was expecting, yes. Um, after the first half of the race, uh, I was probably expecting maximum uh, top 20. <laughs> Um, I need to keep walking. Um, yeah, the first race, the part of the race, the first half was pretty. I'm going to say shocking because it was. It was pretty terrible. We had no pace. We couldn't attack. We couldn't defend. We were so slow on the straight, and we couldn't use the pace that we had in the middle sector because we're in traffic. So um, it was looking pretty bad. But uh, we put the soft on like halfway through, and I was expecting to do maybe one more stint. But uh, the pace was an insane amount better, and uh, we somehow ended up P7. So. Um, I'm pretty happy with the result. Oh, yeah, very, very good result. And how do you reflect on the last few weeks and the, the form McLaren shown just in general? I mean, today was a bit of a realisation check for everyone. I think I kept everyone, you know, chilled after the last few races. And I think um, we weren't expecting a mega race today, but we weren't expecting probably to be as bad as what we were. So um, we'll take the P7, but at the same time, I think we realise there's a lot of other things we need to improve on the car and on high downforce tracks like here in, in Silverstone, we're good. But um, like a bit of pestilence over so we're good. But when you return to a track which has high degradation, um, kind of normal old stuff resumed, you know, with, with high deg and, and bad pace and bad in straights and so on. So we'll review it. Um, I think we weren't expecting a good one, like I said. But uh, 
we look forward to a break and we'll come back stronger. A lot of golf for the break? Mm, probably not, just sunshine and water. <laughs> That's absolutely a lie, water. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see a listing of where all of the drivers are going yeah. over the next couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. Okay. You want a list of uh, ideal locations? Yeah, I bet that is a very exclusive list. <laughs> mm -hmm. Won't tell us, will they? Nah. <laughs> no, of course they won't. No, smart. Let's just say it was great later. Uh, hey, well, let me just uh, look through the grid. In fact, let me just run down where the finishing order was. Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Hamilton in fourth. Alonso, that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that, Jonathan. Hamilton, mm -hmm. Alonso, the battle. Yeah, it's one George point. Russell, mm -hmm. Alonso, I mean, Norris in seventh. Ocon in eighth. Stroll, ninth. Sonoda with a point in tenth. Pierre Gasly, Botas, Zhou Guan Yu, Alex Albon. First Oscar, Kevin Magnussen in 14th. Daniel Ricciardo down in 16th, not the weekend he was looking for. Logan Sargent, 17th. Uh, Hulkenberg's 18th. And, of course, Carlos Sainz and Oscar Piastri both retired. Uh, it's a party where Chris is, we can hear. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's, nope. I'm now going through with Lando there. But uh, <laughs> I know that he appreciates, which is to get some through. Because it is an absolute plan of VIPs. Everyone wants an autograph or a photo. Sure. Wouldn't get anywhere. So when they have to focus on it, they kind of get somewhere quicker. So that's my yeah. little yeah. trick. Spa is really difficult that way. I mean, yeah. you look down at a map, as it comes down to La Source, the hairpin at the first corner of the lap, it's a very confined area. And Chris mentioned earlier, he was at the upper levels of the paddock. Behind the garages, it steps down, significantly down to the old pit lane uh and it's it, it's a very confined area when you go to a, an event with 60 plus cars like the uh 24 hours of spa yeah it's just incredible it's like an anthill there's so many people pressed so close together with all of their gear and all of their transporters how they get all these trucks in and out of that place which has basically one tunnel is uh remarkable hmm. Jonathan, I know you want to talk about this. I mentioned it in our post-sprint uh, show yesterday, and I thought that Lewis Hamilton was going to pass Fernando Alonso because of the positioning mm. in qualifying, but he did not in the driver's standing. And it's uh, Alonso continues to be third. Hamilton now one point behind him, and that is because of, of, of winning the fastest lap today. So That's so, right. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. um, and, and there's some other ones. Uh, also, Leclerc and Russell now on equal points on 99. Uh, Carlos signs on 92. Norris with some work to do on 69. But we've got some nice inter inter mid season battles for the drivers' championship sure. and and in the constructors too. And that's what we strive for. Is we that go, nice inter mid season battle. Uh, that's what I like. <laughs> well, you know, we go barking on about it every week about how you know ignore what Verstappen and Perez and yeah. Co are doing up front. Look further back where there's some terrific fights going on. I'm really saddened by the fact that. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, or that Alonso uh, and Hamilton aren't tied because that would have been third and fourth tied on points, fifth and sixth tied on points. My OCD just wanted those numbers to be the same. Hmm. Uh, well, those, uh, and, and those teams are going in different directions right now. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Hamilton and Mercedes are definitely on the up, and Alonso and Aston Martin, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That said, that's we're a little bit more encouraging the way they especially with Alonso. I mean, at one point, it did Hamilton when Hamilton made his late pit stop, but they very fifth place. Chris, mm. you're having that weird dropping out thing where it just like every seventh word we lose you. It's the same thing. It was such a strange, weird technology phenomena. By the way, you know, talking about it's where it's busiest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Talking of uh, sort of uh, mid-term battles, uh, it's going to be a hell of a battle towards the end of the season between Williams-Haas and Alfa Romeo. And I think uh, of all three of those teams in desperate need of those points, but there's two points between them, um, seventh, eighth, and ninth in the championship. And the difference between seventh and ninth, huge. Yeah. Yeah, millions and millions of dollars. It was interesting. Late in that race, I was just, I was getting bored, frankly. So I started looking (laughs) at split times and things. And uh, Logan Sargent was turning some very competitive laps. I mean, he was way off the pace, well back down the road, but uh, but he was moving right along. And I thought, well, you know, where's that coming from now? When when everybody gets out of qualifying mode, goes down to race pace, suddenly the Williams looks a lot more competitive. We know it's very quick in a straight line because of taking off downforce, that sort of thing, removing drag. But um, they were doing pretty well around this track. Yeah, and, and I'm, I I think jury's out on Logan Sargent so far. I, I'm not saying that because yeah. he's American. I'm saying that because I think Alban is uh, at the top of his stride and Williams are bit by bit incrementally, both with staff and um, from where they were two years ago, they're, they're slowly making their way back into, into a competitive car. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Lando Norris referred to this track as high downforce. I don't <laughs> think so. I think he was on autopilot with his, uh, yeah. with his answers to the media. Low downforce, high speed. Yes. Well, because the middle sector is high downforce. So well, it's a mix, yes. But yeah. you're right, you need to pick one or the other. And I think most... Yeah, we're losing you again, Chris. Yeah. Um... Uh, well, if I'm back, I was also going to say eight to Williams drivers. <laughs> so not huge. <laughs> it's hard to quote. This is almost it's... like a, a comedy routine. <laughs> yeah. If you remember nothing else that I said, remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like quoting stats with losing every seventh word is not, it just doesn't right. work. <laughs> Leave some holes in the record book. <laughs> no, he's right. It is a, it is a downforce mix. It's, um, I, I don't know. I just love the place. It's a, it's such a cool track. Uh, Chris, he just texted. He's at eight seconds. He's filling it in. He said eight seconds between Williams drivers today. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, so Piastri yeah. rumored to be going to Red Bull, according to Eddie Jordan. Piastri? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't say, don't say Red Bull driver. You know, we were talking about during the race, actually. How? What'd you say there were six, many? six Red Bull juniors in Formula Two alone. That doesn't count Lawson, who's in Super Formula. Yeah. What, yeah. Do, you do, what do you do? Oh, there? and speaking of juniors, we can't let the day go ah, by yes. without pointing oh, yeah. out Enzo Fittipaldi. Yeah, he's American. He's American. Yeah. I know he yep. carries the Brazilian flag and all that, but hey, born in man, born in uh, Florida. Good what, boy. His first before F2 I try anything, chaps, of my background. One in F two. What's dropping that, Chris? Out. I said, before, "Am I still dropping out?" You are still dropping out. Sorry. <laughs> but the, the, the every other word that you're saying is gold. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. You know what? Let's do. Let's take a break, and maybe we'll try to get Chris to get reset, and uh, we'll be back after we'll have these. To launch a satellite or something to get Chris <laughs> yeah. back. On. Yeah, call Elon. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. 
Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, gentlemen. Um, let's see. What have we not talked about? Um, the Haas F1 team. Let's see. Today, so we finished 15th and 18th, and that's better than they've been finishing lately? Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I think the form guide is true there. You know, Haas... <laughs> Uh, it, it wasn't a bad performance. They, you know, they've they've had yeah. they've had worse, as it were, and so it's good to see them finishing both of them, etc. But I wrote down most of the pit stop stops today. The okay. fastest I saw was two two, and that was huh, Sonoda and Perez. And the slowest, uh, both Haas cars, three point one for Magnussen and three nine for Hulkenberg. That wasn't the slowest of the day. There was. Albon had a four eight, but that sounds like an outlier, maybe something. But but you know, it's like uh, 
I, I've been noticing the Haas pit stops haven't been fast. It's like I'm just not. It's just not clicking for for Haas right now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's hard to put your finger on it, um, and especially now everybody's head will start to turn to 24, uh, whether whether by 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 choice or or by necessity in some ways. It, it, it's too late to yeah. sort out the problems you've got in, in today's car, so you've got to kind of look forward. That, that's just Formula One for you. Yeah, well, some teams have already that. announced that they're doing that, Mercedes among them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Say, actually, uh, Gunter Steiner in his pre-race said that they're not sure when to do working on both and that next year's car, year's car, so they're kind of doing stuff that haven't made a switch fully to next year because they've got problems they still need to solve and they're trying to yeah. put the issues they have with tireware into next year's car as well. Right. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of common parts. That just makes sense. And this is a great opportunity since you cannot test. You may as well go out there and, and try all sorts of things in the race and maybe you get lucky. Plus, remember, you know, Haas, for all their trouble this year, are locked in a battle back there where millions of dollars are at stake. And they, you know, they have an incentive to keep battling while teams behind them, like Alphatari, um, continue to struggle. They want to they want to hold that position in the championship, however low it might be. Uh, we did make it through the podium without any incidents today. The trophies uh, stayed in stayed one intact, piece. Yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah, I want one of those $40,000 Hungarian trophies. The, the porcelain masterpiece. Yeah, that, that caused, caused quite the kerfluffle, didn't it? Apparently, it took yeah. six months to build $40,000 worth, and, and uh, the... Uh, Lando whooped it. <clears throat> well, and apparently it's Hungarian, it, the porcelain in Hungar- Hungary is, is well-known, world-renowned, and, and that did not go over too well, but... Yeah, uh, well, boys will be boys. In it. Yeah, yeah. Lando actually made an apology here on Thursday uh, to make <laughs> it clear because he joked about it, didn't he, on uh, Sunday night afterwards? Yeah. Being yeah. like, ah, Max shouldn't have put it so close to the edge. And it's his trophy, not my problem. But he, he was like, just to be clear, I felt really bad. I'm very, very sorry. So, yeah, he did apologize <laughs> in the end. Uh, but it was one of those where he just kind of had to, uh, yeah, I think make sure that it was clear that he didn't do anything intentionally because, as you say, it did not go down well uh, locally. <laughs> right. Hey, Chris, uh, did we break that news about Otmar Safnauer's uh, year-long um, contract where he can Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a in a way. In a way. So yeah. it was something I actually uh, managed to speak to him about, and um, we had um, on Racer.com to do a, a plug uh, about the fact that he had a year's gardening leave from F1, but I didn't have the detail that he meant only teams and that he couldn't go and work in F1 still for Formula One themselves or maybe the FIA or something like that. So, yeah, we, we got more on it today. That was us kind of clarifying it or taking it further. So, um, yeah, a little scoop there, which suggested to me as well that he's thinking along those lines that for the next year, at least, he'll still be around. Just, you yeah, know, maybe working for the FIA, maybe working with Formula One themselves. Uh, some other capacity other than with the team. Got to pay the bills. Hey, Chris, what was the uh, Hamilton weaving um, incident that was going on? So that was, I think, just after he'd come out of the pits and he was ahead of Lance Stroll. uh, And Hamilton was uh, trying to make sure he could defend from Stroll, um, who had DRS and was getting a run on him. Pretty sure it was at that point. If it it wasn't, it was another car that was attacking him. Uh, And he went to the inside on the Kemmel straight um, and then went back to the racing line. And it went back to the inside again, just to kind of try and break the toe. So whoever was following him wasn't in like next to him. He wasn't kind of swerving dangerously in that sense. He was just moving a bit too much to potentially break the toe. And they just noted it, but uh, let it go in the end, said it was fine. 
Has Hamilton, to you guys, does he – he feels like more of the Hamilton of old right now. He feels like he's got his I, mojo back. I, 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 I know the car's yeah. good too. But. Yeah, no, I, I agree um, because, you know, beginning of the season, it was sort of touch and go as where we thought he was actually motivated and, you know, the contract's been bubbling underneath and all the rest of it. I agree. I, I actually think, you know, Fast Slap today shows it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I, I think he, he is waiting in the wings and that eighth title is still on his mind. Oh, I'm sure it is. But, you know, I hark back to that collision with Sergio in the sprint race, which I am not convinced no. was not Hamilton's fault, although everybody seems to call it a racing incident. I, I, watched, I think if you look closely yeah. at his hands as the two cars came together, there's a certain amount of this going on. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the aggressive Hamilton. Maybe he's just tired or thinks he's becoming a doormat. He wants to go out there and make a point. To, to be honest, he made a decision. I, I saw it in slow-mo on the F1 post-show. Uh, they, 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 they broke it down. And what, what you notice, I think it was Sam, uh, Sam Collins that broke it down on the F1 Pro. Uh, you, you notice that he goes for the apex um, and then basically slides into Perez because he gets on the right-hand side of the car, gets onto the wet part of the track. Or, or at least the mm -hmm. rumble strips, and it, it sends him left, and you see him over adjusting, um, basically you know, oversteering, and he basically oversteered into Perez. There, there was a gap, yeah. hmm. um, but it, it, he he closed that gap by having to turn left. I didn't see more that. So. Yeah, I, I was. You know, yesterday I was like, oh, that was not... No, me too. That's why I went back and looked at it, because I was yeah. like, you know, I agree with Webb. Weber said, uh, sorry, Jolian Palmer said, not a, not a penalty in my mind, but when you actually analyze it frame by frame, you can see that the fault was with Hamilton. Mm. Yeah, I, I think one thing I would say in Hamilton's defense was that Perez was trying to squeeze him a bit as well didn't use all the road himself on the exit trying to True. make it hard for Hamilton now it wasn't to create contact and as you say with, with what happened with Hamilton then triggered it but I think that kind of shows it's both of them racing hard I'd I want to see that yeah. punished I mean you don't want to see that result of the no. damage but if you say they can't do that drivers are not going to try and overtake because he's no, fully right. alongside you've got to give it a go yeah and if he if he's not if he's told that's going to be a penalty, especially in the sprint. They're trying to get people to race in the sprint. I know. Now they're all going to be like, well, not worth it. It's going to get a penalty. Might get some damage. So why bother? Uh, I think that was like more than more. And a five second time penalty seems small, but in a sprint, that's no. more penalty, like more punishing. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of sided with that should have been allowed to go. Yeah, I still don't think it, it should have been a penalty. Yeah. It was interesting that he quoted Ayrton Senna from the famous Jackie Stewart interview um, where Senna said, you know, there was a gap and if there's a gap, I go I'll take for it. it. Yeah. If you don't go it, if you don't go for it, you're not racing. when there's a gap, you're not a racing driver. That's exactly right. Hey, Chris, was, you're, yeah. you're there to see the, uh, the drivers in person. What do you think about what I was saying about Hamilton, that he's got his mojo back? You, you know, because I, I feel like we have... That's one of our best barometers to look at Formula One drivers just to see them and see how their body language and everything. How is Hamilton? Yeah, I think it's getting there. I don't think it's consistent. I think um, I think we're seeing it in the results that he's just a bit more comfortable with this car. He's kind of got his head around these regulations and the direction he wants to push Mercedes in. And that's why he's getting more out of it than Russell at the moment. And it was something that Mike Elliott, who um, is now, I believe, chief technical officer, having been technical director uh, at Mercedes, he was saying this morning that... The car's very hard to drive, really tricky cars to drive, uh, and the Mercedes in particular. And that George is just struggling slightly with that at the moment and has for a couple of races. Lewis is just dealing with it slightly better. And I think that with the adversity that's coming his way, even though they're not fighting for wins, 
he is responding with getting that bit more out of the car than George. And and that's always a good sign from him as well, that of kind of the headspace he's in. Uh, and it, it may be that he's just seen a bit of bit of a realisation from Mercedes that, you know, the direction they need to go in, the work they need to do to really close that gap to Red Bull. And any frustration of earlier in the year when things were not going well, but also you felt, well, if it was going better, we could be fighting for a championship. That's gone. They've moved on from that now. You know, they've written it off. They're trying to find gains to be better next year, but they're not, you know, they're, and they're already second in the championship. That's as good as it's going to get. I think that the mind's been focused on the on the bigger project again. I think that's kind of where he is, which does mean he fluctuates. There's times he looks, I agree, fully on it, total mojo back. And there's other times where he's just a bit a bit down. So um, that's kind of where where I feel uh, Lewis is at the moment. Just wanted to pivot slightly to Alpine, though. Um, with we mentioned, didn't we, pre-race that uh, there's been a Twitter clip going around of uh, Otmar Zafnar maybe jumping in a car or something and leaving. Uh, completely false in ah. terms of that was him leaving this track. No, he was he was here. He won the race. Uh, he may well have gone now because most teams do try and just disappear quickly from Spa, even when it's not the last race before the summer break. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, the team have clarified that 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 clip was false. If it was uh, insinuating that he left before the race, today. I hate getting suckered by Twitter. I usually don't, and I saw I saw it, and it was by a pretty big Twitter account. Anyway, um, hey Chris, uh, you you caught up with Ocon. I want to I want to wait till after this quick break, but I, I do want to talk about. A the one of the highlights of the race actually a fantastic move by Ocon around the outside of Sonoda. I want you to talk about it, but but right before that, that straightaway, I saw the um, trap speed as they call it in drag racing. He was three hundred and forty kilometers an hour. What's that like two two ten plus? miles an hour but that was a, a fantastic move around Sonoda wasn't it for Ocon absolutely I mean it was uh, right on the edge because you had to squeeze Sonoda a bit like I was saying about with Perez uh, having to or trying just to not give Hamilton too much room the way Ocon's doing it is trying to say to Sonoda you need to lower your speed so you don't hit me here by pinching him towards the apex a bit uh, and then getting on the throttle quickly enough to be ahead for the left-hander really nicely handled in still low grip conditions because even if the track had dried out <laughs> The shower will have taken away any rubber that had gone down in the race. We'd had no rubber go down the rest of the weekend because of the rain. You know, it's been low grip all weekend. So to pull something off like that was uh, was very impressive. Okay, well, coming up right after this, we are going to hear from Esteban Ocon. He was the biggest mover of the race, went up six spots. Listen to Speed City back after these messages. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, All Stop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer but jonathan you know why what makes it so special the water and the recipe well yeah i mean these guys have done their research and do it right and they've even imported the right water to do it right i mean it, it i tell you this i'll start beer fantastic and i'm uh, you know most europeans are snobs about their beer uh, and i I'm, I'm definitely one of those because you're definitely a snob Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, 
uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated, and that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Jeff Gordon, for bringing us back. What a star! See, we can we can have we're we're inclusive, we're sustainable, and we are worldwide uh, <laughs> because we we include NASCAR in our coverage. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly, yes, dilly dilly. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're going to hear this interview that Chris Medlin did with uh, the biggest mover of the race today, Esteban Ocon. Ocon. Here we go. Okay, Esteban, Esteban, you were the biggest mover today out there, made the most was positions. I? Yeah, yeah how right. does that feel? It feels good. It was a lot of fun. It was a very, very fun race out there. A lot of cool battles, um, similar to last year, really. I think we started maybe yeah, 15th or 16th last year, come 7th. So not as good as last year, but, you know, still a very satisfying one before going on holidays. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's been a tough time for the team. How good is it to see the execution? Obviously, Pierre's third yesterday and, and then more points to you today. Yeah, I think there's no better way um, to, to go on holidays. As I said, it's, it was a very strong day yesterday uh, for Pierre and, and for the team. Um, you know, glad that we, we secure such a, such a result. And today, the fighting spirit that we showed, you know, really, it's not a coincidence. You know, we're bringing some updates to the car and, um, you know, it's, it's paying off. And that's what we need to, to keep on doing. And as I said, super encouraging, and I hope everyone at Virin and Stone sees that. And just as we fight through the uh, the disco here in the middle of the park, um, what are We're your not at the party yet? We are not there. No, you still got debrief to do. But what are your thoughts on all the changes and uh, and what's gone on recently at the team? Well, my part of the job is definitely to focus, um, you know, on, on what I have to do, which is, you know, bringing the the result, uh, you know, with with the car, and uh, you know, I need, I just need to perform. That's that's all I'm focused on. Okay. Well, thank you. Have a good break. Thank you. Grandmaster Ocon. <laughs> Who 
You're definitely jamming out, rocking yeah. out there in the background. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else we got here, gentlemen? Um, how did Mr. Gasly do today? Not uh, as good, but uh, it's been a good weekend for, for Gasly. That's what I was thinking, yeah. I mean, it, uh, he finished 11th. Just outside the points. I mean, you know. But... This is certainly not his favorite racetrack or event, especially as he was close friends with Antoine Hubert, yes, who died yeah. off the track in 2019. He's made he that tradition, hasn't he? Of putting yeah, Gasly plants flowers by the side of the accident every year. Yeah, and, uh, and he was outspoken about not running in the rain too. Yes, yes he was. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, one of the most outspoken about that. Obviously, with with his friendship with Antoine Hubert. Uh, looking also, you know, at, and we lost a, a Formula Three driver uh, recently as well. I think it was Formula Four. Or was it? Uh, no, uh, yeah, it was remember. the regional series. Yeah, Formula regional. regional, regional yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was Formula mm-hmm. Three. Yeah, and and I I feel embarrassed that the Dutch don't kid. Know remember his name but but that but it was in the middle of the rain and it was wasn't it at the top of mm-hmm. all rouge right where he had he had gone off hit the wall and spun yeah. out and sat in the middle of the track and that's what they're trying to right. avoid more than anything yeah that's the worst part at Radion. yeah blind left-hander over the top of the hill above all rouge mm-hmm. yeah and and what do you do you know yeah yeah it's a tough one there is no there's no great solution. So. You know, I know they say it's the summer break, but can any of the teams do, I mean, you know, could could we see this time being used by a McLaren or a, an Aston Martin to kind of, you know, move forward again? One more step. Not for not for two weeks. Okay. The rules stipulate for two weeks. They can't go in the factory. Three to week. Yeah, you lock the doors. Nobody can go to work. Uh, but then you get like a week or two before we get back in action uh, in uh, the Netherlands and the uh, the teams come back to work to get ready. Okay. Hey, Jonathan, I saw a an article on uh, racer.com actually talking about how Ricardo was trying to, was mindful of avoiding the trap that ended his McLaren run. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I put that in my, my stories. Yeah. The basic basic presence, uh, precedent being that he was almost too hard on himself at McLaren and it got to him and his ha- happy-go-lucky, he didn't even believe his own smile, if you like. Mm. Uh, and so he doesn't want to fall into putting that pressure on himself. Um, and I think, you know, he came in there thinking, you know, I'm the big I am, I've got eight wins and Lando's just starting out. And I think because Outland- Lando outperformed him and, and, and some that he, he, he literally lost his mojo. Uh, simple as that, if you want to put it in psychological terms. And he's, he's, he's determined not to be affected that way um, and to look at it more in a, in a thousand-meter rule type thing, which is not to get too bogged down and just enjoy racing and know he still has the talent and he hasn't lost it. That's exactly the way he put it after his first race back. He was mm. saying, I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah. And you could feel it. Yeah, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, talking to Chris. It's like you can feel it. He, I, I, I actually want to ask Chris that when he comes back on, he's going to join us back here in a minute. But about how does Ricardo look? You know, mm-hmm. you, you really can tell. So, uh, but th- that was, you know, and I think that's a lesson for a lot of F one drivers, right? It's, it's it reminds me of golf, right? It's such a mental game, and and I hear anyway. I don't yeah, know anything about you know, <laughs> and this is personal, really, because he's a mate. But uh, I do feel for Liam Lawson um, because they're yeah. now talking about uh, Ricardo staying another year at AlphaTauri because obviously Perez is staying where he is uh, for now, anyway, or contractually, anyway. Um, and therefore, that means that Lawson has to wait another year. And what does Lawson do? Does he carry on on the pit wall, um, you know, and keep doing Super Formula regardless of whether he wins it or not, or 
Um, you know, it's a it's a tough one for all the Red Bull guys because they're queuing up now. You know, Crawford's yeah. coming quick too. Mm. Bob Varsha, I want to ask you about the useless full wet tires uh, as we've seen as we saw in the rain this weekend. Yeah, there were some complaints up and down the pit lane. Again, I think Pierre Gasly was one of the most outspoken that the full wet weather tire from Pirelli, not the intermediate, which is only lightly treaded, um, but the full deep treads of the wet tire that can pump away something like 60 liters of water per second at at 100 miles an hour. Uh, The problem appears to come when they're running slower than that, and they're not effective, apparently. Um, and, And Pirelli significantly agreed with him, some of the comments, uh, about needing to work on that uh, full wet weather tire uh, because, you know, it's the it's the tire you're going to be on when it rains heavily at a place like Spa. So they, they felt the need to uh, call Pirelli's attention to that. Now, what will happen, I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting that, A, the driver spoke out, and B, the tire company said, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah. Okay, well, Chris Medlin. This is all taking place while uh, there's a tire yeah. competition going on for the further supply in Formula One. I yeah, guess Bridgestone offered more money, but Pirelli, I think, will probably get it back. You almost said tire war, didn't you? I almost <laughs> said tire war, yeah. <laughs> yeah it kind of is. Uh, well, of course, I'm not home in Atlanta, in, in which case I would have said tar war. <laughs> tire war. It's just a skirmish. Okay, Pirelli Chris. got a big old place down in Atlanta, too. Chris is out yeah, with his do. microphone, and he's caught up with Christian Horner. Christian, a, a tough first half of the year. I mean, how, how are you going to get Red Bull to bounce back from this? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, wow. To go into summer break thinking we haven't lost a Grand Prix really since Brazil last year um, or a sprint race. Um, it, it's an in- incredible achievement, isn't it? but it's, it's not just the drivers doing an incredible job. It's, it's all the guys behind and girls behind the scenes doing you know an incredible and working such a high level and uh, that's why we sent Greg up to get the trophy today you know he's one of our tire technicians and yeah, they've had a nightmare this weekend into extremes softs mediums um, you know they, they, they've had everything thrown at them but it's it's all about you know the team working in, in a collective manner yeah, and, and they've had to do that. Uh, I wanted to pick up on one thing that happened uh, during this weekend yeah. between Max and G- GP, his race engineer. They just seem to have a bit of needle this weekend. Was that just because you guys have got bored with how smooth it's been going? Uh, look, that's been going on for about six years. So, uh, yeah, Matt, look, Max is a tough uh, customer, and he would break many race engineers. And you've got to have a, you know, you've got to have somebody that's uh, got self-assurance to be able to deal with that. And you know, GPs are Jason Statham equivalent. You know, he's uh, uh, and there's a trust and a bond between the two of them. And you know, sometimes it sounds like they need a bit of marriage counselling, but but uh, there's a great respect um, and a great trust between the two of them. And I think that's you know, as any top sportsman, they lean on the people around them. And I think you know, GP is is the one having that interaction. Yeah, and, and it's led to Max being at such a high level for so long. Yeah. With Checo, it's been more up and down this year, but. Today, we saw him do the job, get second place, no dramas with the overtaking move that went on. You happy with kind of the response you've had from after a tough run for him? Yeah, look, I mean, he's qualified on the front row. He's led the Grand Prix. He's finished second. He's extended his lead in second in the championship. He's driving against Max Verstappen that nobody could beat uh, in this car, I believe. And, and I think that uh, he'll take you know a lot of positives from this weekend and uh, hopefully have a good break. And I'm sure he'll come back fully motivated for 
after the shutdown. Uh, speaking of a break, you're going to go on one, I'm yeah. sure, as well. But uh, does it change the way you then will be approaching things in the second half of the season in terms of you know, car development for the future, that sort of thing, having had this start? Absolutely not. I mean, it's same same approach to every Grand Prix and uh, you know, one race at a time and trying to maximise our chances. We took the gearbox penalty here. You know, we've dealt that. We've got that in the pool now. So um, Zanvold will be mad just because it's Dutch and uh, the home support for Max. But, you know, we need to go there and come out the blocks like we've gone into the break uh, and uh, the previous 11 races to that. Dreaming of a perfect season? No. No, I mean, look, uh, there's still 10 races to go. I mean, to have won what we've done is is mind-boggling. But uh, I don't think any of us is allowing to let ourselves be distracted by thinking about that it's about one race one session at a time we'll ask you after each race don't worry i'm sure you will thank you christian thank you <laughs> question of the day absolutely how, how, how can you bounce back from this that was great. beautiful was by the way fifth one two finish of the year for those guys but yeah by the way just to show you where red bull's head is red bull ford preparing to fire up the 2026 engine in the next few weeks oh, really yep that i hadn't heard yep first complete unit will be running on a test bench with the combustion engine mg uk and battery dr helmut marco told speedweek in spa and every other team on the grid just deflated we think we're on a par with mercedes in terms of development well, yeah it's uh and i think it's worth noting that engine development costs are not as i understand it included under the cost cap so that's ah. kind of an open-ended proposition for them as a line item on the budget that's and also speaking of engines uh there's stories going around that audi uh is months and months behind schedule in its efforts to get yeah. its bench testing up and running and hmm. they've also moved their ceo out a guy named Mar marcus Duzman who uh, was a big fan and, and maybe the, uh, the biggest single force at the executive level behind Audi going into Formula One, um, part of which they're funding by completely shutting down their customer racing programs, which is a huge disappointment, I'm sure, to a lot of fans and drivers and what have you here in the, uh, in the United States and around the world. You're not going to get company financial support for... Uh, for customer racing at the GT level as Audi pours resources into Formula One. Hey, you know what? I bet you Audi is paying attention to Aston Martin. Have you guys seen what the car sales have resulted that they are attributing directly to the success in Formula One? They've had a huge spike in Aston Martin road car sales. In this country or? I, I, I think globally. Uh -huh. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't look that closely at it, but. Well, uh, not me. I, I personally, I don't go price checking Aston Martins I'm just I'm just a simple contributor to this radio show I'm not a you know an equity partner in the proposition <laughs> well Bob I, I didn't tell you all of Come on, man. all the uh, speed city talent is gonna get it get an Aston Martin at the end of the season that's it's a surprise Bob I recorded that Bob and as a lawyer or wannabe lawyer um, you could Rep, we, it you, says we're Hot Wheels on the box. Okay, well. there you go. I've got the That's Lego Mercedes. Uh, what's that, Casey? That's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, no, I thought that you. was Casey talking. No, no. All right, guys, let's get our last break in, and we got Chris Medlin back. We'll discuss some more with him after this.
Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, I'm going to go straight out to Chris Midland out in Spa because we said it during the break, Chris, but man, that was a fantastic interview with Christian Horner. You have a fantastic relationship with him, and I don't know which was better, just the funness of it or the insight we got between he between um, Max Verstappen and his and his engineer that that's a very interesting take on that isn't it yeah i mean it's um probably a fascinating point of view that christian has because of course he's got to deal with both he's got to keep both yeah. happy uh you know he can't pick a side in that battle and say you know to gp uh do whatever max says or to max do whatever your race engineer says like he's kind of got to let them find it out between themselves and just sit back and watch and he's got a pretty good seat uh, to watch it hasn't he when he's uh <laughs> there on the pit wall so yeah I, um, I thought it was really cool insight for him to give and it was just we had to find out find something new to focus on but it was just notable this week i wondered actually i won't lie i genuinely when i said to him are you just bored i did wonder if they thought you know what let's just add some tension because everyone's saying that we're not getting any coverage or you know we're not getting heard from and if there's a radio message or two that's a bit spicy let's just see if that gets gets a bit of coverage it would have given i mean mm -hmm. i feel like max has that capacity when he's cruising that mm -hmm. he could have that sort of fun but um stir we'll it up see if yeah. that's true yeah we'll have to see if that is true now uh there was something else that we were talking about in the break um that was uh, a message i think was it on the youtube comments from one of our readers uh that was about the wet weather tire mm. and i've grabbed mario Islo again because some very interesting comments from you earlier today mario uh, about Formula One needs to work out where it's heading in the future. And if they're not going to run races or cars in conditions when the full wet's needed, then let us just develop one solid super intermediate tire to run in the wet. That's an option. Or if we want to run the cars with a, a high level of water, because we find a solution to reduce the level of spray, we can develop two products, but we needed to decide and uh, to start in one direction. Is it is there a lot of wastage that you get each race weekend if, if teams aren't using that full wet? Do they know that they're just never going to use it? Yeah, that, that's a slightly different uh, issue because in that case, we are working on a different solution. At the moment, we carry over a new tire in Europe, but we cannot do that uh, outside for custom issues. So we have to return the rims uh, to the teams and we can transport the tires. But uh, you know that when we strip the tires from the rims, uh, there is the risk to damage the, the bit. That's why we don't want to reuse them. We are doing some uh, specific tests in order to check uh, 
if we have a damage or if we can use them again. And in that case, we can fit them for a second time and reduce the, west the westage. The point is that we cannot predict the rain. We need to be ready to fit all the tires for uh, wet condition, but we don't know if it is going to rain other than maybe in Bahrain or Abu Dhabi where it's very difficult to have a wet condition. Yeah, and um, but you were saying earlier today that you, I guess, suggest potentially Formula One needs to choose what it wants to do. Yeah, are we going to have races in heavily wet conditions or if we're not then let's make everything else much better yeah because the problem for us is to find the right uh, condition for testing at the moment we can test only in Ricard or fiorano they are the only two uh, circuits where you can artificially wet the track and keep a consistent condition this weekend we had the opportunity to test them because it was raining but also we have to pay attention when we analyze the data because uh, the track was changing every five minutes and for you, you believe that one tire is better than another and then you discover that it's the opposite. So uh, in, in that case, it was clear that we have to improve the wet, the full wet tire, but also yesterday, for example, during the sprint race, uh, when uh, uh, the safety car was out, it was in proper wet condition, but it was impossible to evaluate the performance because they were following the safety car. When the, after four laps, the safety car uh, uh, and ended, uh, then uh, uh, it was already in the crossover with the intermediate tire. So it's really difficult to find a condition that is consistent, representative, and uh, comparable. And that's why it's so difficult to develop a wet weather tire. Thank you very much for that explanation. That was perfect. And that Thank hopefully you. has answered the question from uh, or the, the comment from one of our listeners. So much appreciated. Thank you very much. It's very good. Yeah. Excellent. And a very good point. You know, you don't think about it that way, but. How do you analyze? I mean, you know, like a track like today, I mean, it could be raining on one corner and not the other. So it, it, the only way to do it, as he says, is to is to use artificial wet, wet weather, you know, wet uh, tracks, artificially wet. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating, Chris. Yeah, I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> so while you have your moments, Mr. Team Manager, you are the all oracle of all things. Who is going to be the new head of Alpine? Huh, good, so good. I did put the name Mattia Bonotto to them uh, yesterday, it was, uh, when I was having a chat down there. And while they agreed that, yes, that would be a lovely person to have, and there's a great name and some other people have rumoured it, there was nothing internally that suggested there was anything afoot on that front. Uh, they, If anything, they kind of thought, it doesn't sound like that's a possibility. So I think the problem with Alpine right now is the lack of a plan of what to do next. Yeah. I don't think they have it in in place i think it's why it came out on a friday of a race weekend that then permain and zafnar both worked uh you normally would have planned this ahead and you know pat fry was leaving they knew from april and it got announced this friday with williams you know that that you have a timeline for these things and you pick out when's best to say them this will happen very quickly at alpine and i think it's a bit of a, almost a knee-jerk reaction uh to some unhappiness in the change of ceo uh, and bruno faman coming in so i think we're going to see faman do that for the rest of this season at least mm -hmm. and i wouldn't be surprised if it goes fairly well or he feels happy with it whether there's a slightly different structure and he brings someone else in who's not team principal and he fulfills that role interesting yeah i do think it's interesting i think this is a a culmination of their different iterations for the last few years Renault, Benetton, you know, all the way back to, to years ago. I mean, they, they, they've, they've kind of lost an identity. An identity. And I, I, when they became Alpine, I was like, well, now what, you know? <laughs> I do like your ruminations on the culminations of those 
<laughs> what was the last one? Iterations. Iterations. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, guys, we are almost out of time on the show, but we are about to head into a summer break. Um, I just want to get y'all's take on where we are at this point. I mean, we had some comments here on YouTube saying... Andretti's going to buy it, Alpine, and he's going to run it. That's our man in Thailand. Okay, yeah, I From saw Udan. That. He knows what's going on this well. <laughs> he does, he does. Thailand are queued in. Yeah. Uh, Michael said he's talked with everybody, and everybody has said not for sale. Yeah. Maybe that was before the Alpine meltdown, though. So who knows? Well, maybe so. Uh, Chris, any mid-season? I know you and I'll be doing wheel to wheel, but um, uh, any mid-season um, pontification? Exactly, pontifications at this point. Um, I, I'm starting to get ever more edgy about my insistence that Red Bull won't win every race. I will <laughs> admit. There's a little bit of that coming in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm torn about whether I want to see it or not, because we've never seen it before. And yeah. let's be honest, there's there's no championship battle to be had now. So is that actually something we want to see? Um, I'm still fascinated to see how it's going to go for some of these teams behind them, though. I think it's it's on a knife edge. For, you know, someone like McLaren with the weekend they've just had versus a Mercedes or a Ferrari or, mm-hmm. or even an Alpine at certain times. I think we can see like the ups and downs. I think will will cause people to crack and later in the year. I think we're going to have some um flashpoint still where drivers or team bosses are really not happy at lack of performance one weekend and delighted at it the next so um yeah no no one there's no certainty is there anywhere beyond red bull and i think that's just something i I really hope continues because uh that is still a fascinating aspect that that could get better as the season goes on even though we know there's no no title fight to be had you know what guys i think i've cracked this whole alpine thing Okay. There have been new personalities injected into that organization. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney mm-hmm. are investing <laughs> in Alpine. You probably saw the stories. Right. And given what they accomplished with the Wrexham Soccer Club mm-hmm. in Wales, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see Ryan Reynolds standing on the pit wall. You know, Brad mm-hmm. Pitt got involved. Yep. So Ryan and Rob get involved. And it's not That's a... My yeah, and it's not a small share either. Uh, Two hundred million. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they're voting with their more feet. than twenty percent. I think yeah. the valuation was twenty four and a half percent. Yeah, that, yeah. There's your your new team brain trust at Alpine. There you go. <laughs> Ted Lasso that for works. Alpine boss. Work. There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, one other thing. One other thing heading into summer break, though, as well, it's going to be the new team talk. Um, whether we get anything about Andretti's bid, yeah, really, uh, going to be trying to stay on top of that. Uh, I'm not going on holiday, so I'll try and uh, make sure I actually do keep on top of it. And uh, we'll see if uh, by the time we come back to a race, at least, uh, that they've had an answer there. Yeah, well, we are out of time, Chris. Do we do wheel to wheel all the way through, or do we take a week off or something? I we do, no, we do it all the way through. We're going to have a good time <laughs> on the show. We're going to have a good yeah. interview with him. <laughs> who's um, who's so the yeah, boss we're gonna, here? We're going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, we do Sunday night with Speed City all the way through. Oh, so we do. Every Sunday night, seven o'clock Austin time, we're live. So we're uh, we're going to carry you through. You're, you don't have to worry. You're going to be able to make it through. To the yeah, we'll, we'll give you a fix. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And, of course, like I just said, we'll talk to you next Sunday night. We'll talk to you Wednesday on Wheel to Wheel. Happy trails. Thanks, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.